This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. Hello, it's Matt Agnew, producer and editor of the Kitchen Confession Podcast. You're not really used to hearing me on the show except for that little bit up at the intro, but uh, I'm here to introduce a new little feature that we've got for you guys. Once a month, I'm going to come on and sort of take you guys behind the scenes of a kitchen confession. I'll answer any questions you guys have about the making of, uh, maybe share a little of my own uh, thoughts or, or maybe a, a kitchen confession of my own. Uh, but mostly, I'm going to be sharing with you guys uh, some of the things that we've cut for time. Almost always, Mary's interviews run at least double, sometimes triple, uh, the final cut of the podcast. So there's lots of little uh, bits that are great, but unfortunately, we just kind of have to leave on the cutting room floor. So we want to share some of those with you. So we'll be getting to that in just a little bit. First, I want to mention, uh, it is now May, which means I've been working with Mary on the Kitchen Confession podcast for a little over two years. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've interviewed uh, over 50 guests on this show. I think my favorite part of it is just the the diversity of food. Everyone's kind of got their own little angle. I mean, we've we've talked with everyone from coffee specialists to uh, cookbook writers, bakers, uh, professional chefs, um, people who've been making their own uh, clothing lines for chefs and, and, and beyond. Um, everyone's kind of got their own little uh, angle on it and it's just cool to see what, what kind of sparks uh, different people's passions about food. And, and of course, we talk about it all here on Kitchen Confessions. So uh, happy second birthday anniversary to you, Mary, and, and to all of you listening out there. All right, let's get to it. What did we cut for time this month? First up, Jenny Arena. She's the daughter of Southern Italian immigrants, and she created the Fables and Focaccia blog, where she shares her favorite traditional Italian dishes. She came on and she chatted a little bit with Mary about uh, protected designations of origin and just kind of preserving culinary heritage um, and and protected designations of origin. That's I learned the reason that Parmesan cheese is different than uh, Parmigiano Reggiano or sparkling wine, for example, is different than champagne, which is made in champagne. So here's a little of what we cut for time. So that would be and then we mentioned sauce. I want to kind of mm-hmm. go back to that because everyone yes. does their sauce. Slightly different. Everyone has a cute, a cool little kind of tip that they do and or add to theirs. What do you do for yours? So um, mine is, I, I don't know, I guess it's a pretty standard one. It's um, Okay, but wait, least, don't do what the, okay. the nonna's do and leave it an ingredient, yeah. Jenny. No, no, I'm not. This is, <laughs> honest to God, I would, I, you know what, and I've been victim to that where people give me their recipe right? and they do leave out the ingredient. Oh, yes. It's like, what do you mean um, it didn't turn out the same? <laughs> I'm like, well, you missed one of the ingredients. I know. Uh, no, mine typically starts off with like uh, just some sautéed uh, onions and garlic in olive oil, um, and then if we if we're having it as a meat sauce, um, mm-hmm. then I'll throw in I'll throw in some ground some ground meat, um, and brown that. Add a little uh, a little bit of tomato paste, and then and then a couple jars of our homemade um, uh, tomato sauce. Do you mix and your then, meats, uh, or do you go straight beef? Yes. Sometimes no, it depends. Sometimes, uh, sometimes if I want sort of a more complex flavor, I'll do like a combo of mm-hmm. um, veal and pork. Um, otherwise, most times we just do like a beef, yeah. nice, a nice hearty beef. Or the the flip side is um, we'll stew um, like some uh, lamb uh, in the sauce sometimes too. Mm, so okay. I will put in the yeah we won't put in the ground meat, but we'll put in. Um, 
the uh, it's funny because I don't even know what parts of the lamb they are because when we go to the butcher, they always label it like the grilling pieces (laughs) and then the sugo pieces, the sauce pieces. So I assume they're the tougher cuts (laughs) that need them that need the stewing (laughs) right it's so funny it's like sugo and you see them in the freezer like all stacked up and labeled this way sugo um uh, whatever grill right that's hilarious and uh yeah and so we'll do we'll do those stewing pieces and uh and sometimes some meatballs in the in the sauce as well and then those will get pulled out and eat and and get eaten as like the the main course after okay yeah, I like that. See, everyone, there's always like a similar ingredient that we all use, but then we always add a little bit of something different. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, everybody, everybody puts their little, you know, twist like, on know it. Some people will add, some people add like oregano to it mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? Um, I guess it just depends. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much my standard. And then uh, again, sometimes if I want to boost the vegetable content for the kids, Mm -hmm. um, I'll grate, I'll finally grate like some carrots and some celery and maybe even some pepper in there um, so that it kind of just all combines with the meat and they don't really see it. Yeah. Although I have to say I'm, I'm fairly lucky that my girls are not picky eaters. Like thankfully they eat pretty much what's put in front of them. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know touch wood. I hope it. I hope it stays yeah. that way. <laughs> How old are the girls? They are. They just turned ten, actually. So yeah. Oh, nice. Well, I have to ask this question because I know mm-hmm. for me it's happened many times. <laughs> Was there ever uh, a dish that failed miserably? You know, one that was like a, your biggest kitchen flop. Uh, my biggest. But you kitchen wanted flop. it so badly to work out. <laughs> You know what? I, it would probably, for me, it would have to be more on the baking side of things. That's where my I flops have, are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think with baking, there's it's easier to flop just because there's more sort of science involved with baking, mm-hmm. right? Um, macarons. I oh, love them. God. I love them. I have I have attempted, I don't know how many times to make them, and I just cannot get them right. So they're, they're my nemesis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think once, the last time I tried to make them, I made hockey pucks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that sounds about right. That yeah, and I took a right. class. I took a class on them. So I think I, re- I need oh, to wow. retake the class. <laughs> but I don't know what it is. You know what? I, I'm a firm believer sometimes too that there, it's it's the hand that makes it. Like, I don't know. Some people mm-hmm. just have a knack and and they're able to just pull them off like and, and, and make it seem so effortless. Well, what I learned with those, the macaron, is that the slightest error in measurement will throw mm-hmm. them completely off. Yeah, there you go. And of course, I always have a heavy hand because that's just how I cook. <laughs> and I'm always slightly off. Our other guest this month was Pei Chen. She's a food and lifestyle writer. She also spent some time as a TV and radio host. She and Mary talked a little bit about how COVID-19 is affecting the food industry through trends like virtual farmers markets and wholesalers and producers kind of banding together to bring you products online, um, but also how we can rally around and support our favorite local businesses right now. That from the April 28th episode. So if you want to go check that out, that episode is called Trend Spotting with Pei Chen. Now, a little editing confession for you guys. While the games are a great kind of get to know you and a lot of people really love them, uh, we've even had guests actually on in the past who have heard the show before come on and they're really excited to get to the games. But it's a hard cut when when there's such a dense episode and someone who's uh, really on a roll talking about something that's important to them. You don't really want to cut that short so they can get to the games. But here on Cut for Time, we can do whatever we want. So here's the remainder of Pei Chen's This or That and a bit of a not-so-rapid-rapid-fire. 
<laughs> okay, pancakes or waffles? Um, oh, I think pancakes. Pizza or pasta? Mm, pizza. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Dark. Dine-in or delivery? Uh, Dine-in. Netflix or cable? Um, hmm, probably cable. You know, I, I work in television mm-hmm. and I just, I, I need to keep my cable. Yep. Uh, online shopping or in-store? I prefer in-store. I don't necessarily do it as much anymore, but I like the experience of touching and seeing what I'm, what I'm buying. Yeah, I think I've become the one, uh, a serial online shopper now. I do online because it's convenient, but I mean, yeah, if I had to choose why. one or the other, yeah. What is your biggest pet peeve? Like in general or? In general, just, oh, to, just anything. I have so many. I don't think I have one. There's <laughs> <laughs> so many pet peeves. Um, I No, there's like, from like, like in life, uh, big pet peeve. Nail clipping. Um, I mean, yeah, there's like the annoying things. I think there's also the, I, I, I think because like online gives us the opportunity to, you know, express our opinion sometimes when it's not needed or asked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, especially when it's not needed or asked. Um, I think there's a lot of that. I think it's a, one of my pet peeves, I would say, is like, as someone who uses social media a lot for, mm-hmm. um, you know, career, but also for personal and for staying in touch is um, people don't fact check. And I'm not saying you have to like look up everything that you're saying or posting, but, you know, I think it goes, it, it, that's not a new thing. It's like hashtag fake news. Um, mm-hmm. But the amount of, you know, regurgitating and preaching of things that we don't even try to check the source of is, I think, frustrating. And I think it's not just frustrating as in, you know, eye roll, it's annoying, it's damaging. Um, so yeah. I think it's it's very, um, it's not just that it's unhelpful, I think it can be dangerous that, you know, we copy and paste so many things that we see. And like, you know, I like doing it too for like, I saw this thing. It was funny. Ha ha. This is a joke. Good. I'll use a smile. But then it, you know, with whatever it is, you know, whether it's like about vaccinating your kids or it's about coronavirus and mm-hmm. if you can catch it from being 30 feet away from someone, um, you know, look at, if you're going to repost something, it's like, okay, look at the source of it. Is it called the onion? Because that is not real. Um, you know, look, before you start, you know, spouting off a really strong opinion about something, uh, I think it's worth people taking a second to go like, okay, where am I getting this information from before I start? And, you know, especially if it's going to be something that's a little bit hateful or negative, I think you have to be a little Mm -hmm. bit careful uh, around that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. People do need to fact check a little more. It's too easy to just read to share right so like to click share and you just and then that's how um you know some of it's harmless a lot of it's harmless uh but sometimes it can be um it it can really be quite detrimental to a person or a group of people for example um or you're you're sharing you know medical information that's wildly incorrect and then you know someone else is reading that and deciding to what did like Donald Trump do? He convinced someone that this certain chemical would help them fight coronavirus and a man died. Yeah. 
you know, like, so like, first of all, the president shouldn't be spouting those things. But uh, right. yes, I think you, especially if you're going to be sharing information that is um, health related, mm-hmm. for example, uh, then you should really be careful. All right. Since I promised at the top, here's a kitchen confession of my own. Uh, a little while back, um, both my wife and I were feeling under the weather. And when you're both sick, someone has to suck it up and, uh, and make dinner. I, uh, I trudged downstairs to uh, start a, I don't know, I think I, it was a stir fry, you know, just kind of anything in the fridge sort of situation. Um, and uh, just kind of throwing things together. I noticed we didn't have any ready-made stir fried sauce. So um, I just kind of decided to make my own. I got all kinds of great stuff in the fridge. So yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll just throw it together uh, from scratch. So I started with like a ketchup base or something like that and, and threw in some soy sauce and probably way too much fish sauce and maybe Worcestershire sauce. I think I put something in there for a bit of heat as well. So we sit down to enjoy this wonderful kitchen sink meal and uh, I'm just starving. So I, I just tear into it and uh, I'm shoveling it away and I look over and I notice she's kind of picking away and, and uh, sort of eating pretty slowly. I said, are you feeling okay? Like you stomach feel upset? No, no, it's, it's all right. Thank you. And uh, I was about halfway through my own bowl when my taste buds kind of caught up to me. And I, I, I just looked over at her and I said, this, this is bad, isn't it? She's like, yeah, babe, it's bad. That's it. That's all you get. You know where to find us at Kitchen Confession on Instagram. Please reach out and let us know what you think. Or go to kitchenconfession.com to hear literally everything we have ever done. Thanks to producer and host, Mary Mamaliti, and thank you for sticking with me.